says that Mrs. Dorothy Wayne to see you. By appointment? No, she says she has no appointment, but it's urgent. Is Miss Deering out there? Yes. Do you want her? No, just tell her I want her to take some notes later and ask Mrs. Wayne to come in, please. Wayne, Wayne, where do I know that name? Mr. Vance? Oh, Mrs. Wayne, please come right in. Thank you. It's nice of you to see me, Mr. Vance. I know you're the busiest private investigator in this city, and I have no appointment. I'm never busy when a client has urgent business, Mrs. Wayne. Oh, won't you sit down? Thank you. <sighs> Mr. Vance, how old do you think I am? I beg your pardon. I asked you how old you thought I might be. I'm sorry, Mrs. Wayne. The question is leading, and the answer might be incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly be that old. <laughs> oh, by the way, you uh, recognize my name. Wayne, I was trying to place it. I'm but... Edward J. Wayne's widow. Oh, yes, of course. He died last year, leaving well over a million dollars to you, didn't he? Yes. He was twice my age, but we were very much attached to each other. I don't doubt that you were, Mrs. Wayne. Now, please tell me just what is the urgency in your call. Vance, I'm 31 years old. Well, that's hardly the urgent age. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> the point of my coming here is that I want to stay 31. Well, the man who mixes the magic medicine is out, Mrs. Wayne. <laughs> I didn't expect you could help me on that score. But there's a man who says he can. Uh -huh. A man who insists he can keep me 31 for as long as he likes. Really? Who is this wonder worker? His name is John Bell, and he wants $100,000 for his secret. Well, it would be well worth it if he could do what he claims. What gives you the idea that there's anything at all in what he says he can do? I have the best reason in the world, Vance. Yes? John Bell looks 40, but I have definite proof that he's over 400 years old. <laughs> Sure is a classy-looking joint. You like it, do you? I never saw anything like it outside a museum. Gee, where'd you get all that stuff, Johnny? The battle axes and those spears and everything. Did you buy them? Sam, I didn't invite you up here to my apartment to have you admire my taste in decorations. <laughs> well, I was surprised you invited me up here at all. I just ran into you on the street. Boy, was I surprised to see you, of all people. I was a little amazed myself, Sam. Unfortunately, I wish the meeting could have been postponed a month or six weeks. I don't get it, Johnny. But then you always were a strange one. What difference does it make if I met you this morning or I met you a month from now? It matters a great deal to both of us. There are a hundred thousand reasons why I wish you hadn't made an appearance at this moment. There's just one reason why you should wish that. But if there is a reason, I certainly don't know it, Johnny. Honest, I don't. Hey, Johnny, what are you doing with that gun? Jo Johnny! Johnny, don't! Come! Now you know the reason, Sam. A little late, but you know it. You know that because you came along just when you did. You had to die. <laughs> Get back, everybody. What do you think this is, a sideshow? Get back away from the body. 
Hey, Morrison. Yes, yeah, Sergeant Eve. Get him back. Right. All right, folks. Oh, the Hey, Morrison, come here. Yes, Archie. You hear that siren? Yeah. Take a look at that car. It belongs to District Attorney Markham. See that he gets through this mob, will you? Oh, oh. Never mind helping Markham. He's got his friend Philo Vance with him. Let Vance push his way in. Which is exactly what Vance is doing. Hello, Heath. Hi. Hello, D.A. Hello, Heath. Vance and I got down here as soon as we could. Who is the dead man? Who knows? All marks of identification have been removed. He was shot. Somebody tossed him face down in this empty lot, just like you see him. That's what I like about a murder. You get so much to work on. Since when was that a deterring factor to you, Vance? It never was. I think I can tell you this about the dead man, though. He was a laborer or a farmer. Worked out in the sun a great deal. Notice his neck marking. It's baked to dark red. Yes, I see that. He might conceivably have been a farmer. That outfit he's wearing is definitely a go-to-city suit. And unless somebody dressed him after he was killed, I think you'll find he's from a small town. Yes. Well, I've got to be going. You going to work on this murder, Vance? No, Sergeant Heath. Not at the moment. I have a client who'd like me to see a man named John Bell. You know all I know about this murder case. It's not much, believe me, but it's more than I know about a man who claims to be... 400 years old. Please sit down, Mr. Vance. Thank you. Of course you realize I know all about you. In that case, of course, Mr. Bell, you know that I don't believe you are 400 years old. How could you possibly know I am not? Logic, the laws of longevity, the complete impossibility of your being that old. How could you convince me that you are? Oh, I won't attempt to. I think you'll do that little thing for yourself. Vance, did you ever see a room like this before? Not quite like this. Those antiques are beautiful. Your library is complete. Thank you. Furniture and decorations are authentic. Mm -hmm. That much I, I can tell you. And you're right. Everything is authentic. I can attest to that because I didn't purchase these things at stores, Vance. I've kept them all these years. All what years? I was born in 1545. <laughs> don't look it, do I? No, you don't look a day over 350. <laughs> <laughs> nice sense of humor, old man. Thank you. Bell, do you mind if I ask you something? Oh, please do. You were born in 1545. What happened in 1588? A lot of things. One of them was Drake defeating the Spanish Armada. Quite a battle it was, too. Eh, we didn't think we had a chance. We? Yes, I fought with Sir Francis. Uh, that was before I came to this country in 1607. Mm. I'm getting to sound silly, even to myself, but uh, what did you do here in that year? My friend John Smith sent for me. Oh. Captain John Smith. He was in Jamestown, Virginia at the time. Quite a man, John was. You knew him very well, of course. Oh, of course. There was quite a thing between him and Pocahontas, you may remember. I remember reading about it, which is probably what you did, too. <laughs> Stay skeptical, Van. Please do. And uh, don't allow me to try to convince you. I promised you you'd convince yourself. Yes, I know. Uh, Bell, uh, what happened to Pocahontas? Married a fellow named John Rolfe. Most picturesque wedding ceremony I ever saw. You should have been there, Van. No doubt. Bell, what is your secret of prolonging life indefinitely? I sell that secret, Vance. I'm doing nothing against the laws of this country, merely violating the laws of nature. 
I have selected five women who are willing to pay $100,000 each not to grow old. I guarantee each of them thinks she's getting a good bargain, too. Have you any proof that you're as old as you claim? Why should I need proof, Vance? I don't have to convince you. I've told you that. The Marquis used to say that only the individuals involved are entitled to all the details of an explanation. <laughs> you're not involved in this, Vance. You have to prove I am not 400 years old. I don't have to prove that I am. That's true enough. And the Marquis, whom you quoted, had a point in his favor, too. By the way, who was he? Lafayette. I fought with him in the Revolutionary War. Admirable character, Vince. You fought with Drake in 1588 and Lafayette in 1776? In the War of 1812, too, but uh, isn't this all beside the point? Believe me, I can prove, if I have to, that I am as old as I claim. But I'd rather you investigated me. It'll be so much more convincing to you if you find out for yourself. Hey, Tony. Tony, we're right. In here, Pete. Shaven. Come on in. Tony, I find out what that guy John Bell is up to. I know his whole racket. Boy, am I smart, huh? No, but you know it's more correct than that last thing you said. Now, listen. You know the guy is working some kind of racket, so you send me to spy on him. I spy on him. A dame comes to see him, I follow her. She goes to Philo Vance's place, I follow her. When she leaves, she goes home. How's that, huh, Tony? Great. Takes first place under the heading, so what? Oh, now, wait, wait a minute. I crawled into John Bell's apartment when Vance comes to see him, understand? I find out the whole gimmick. This Bell claims he is 400 years old, and he's selling the secret of how to live that long to this rich dame, you understand? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Hmm, not a bad idea. Of course, it has to be done pretty delicately. But it isn't a bad idea at all. That ain't all, Tony. Really? Look, I am in this John Bell's place earlier when I see him knock a guy off. Shoots him. I know who the guy is, and Bell says something about being sorry that the guy meets him in the street this morning. I see that, too. Well, what do you know? Give me the pound of beef. Yeah, sure, sure. Here you are, Tony. Well, uh, how, how about it? Am I smart, huh? You're a genius. Hmm. <laughs> well, what do you see in the mirror, Tony? My face, stupid. Oh. Notice I'm getting a couple of lines around my eyes. You must be getting old, huh? Well, we all got to get old, you know. Not according to John Bell. Maybe I better see him. I got an idea I can cut into that easy dough he's going to grab. Yep, Pete. Bell's either going to cut me in, or I'm going to cut him out. Hello, Vance speaking. Hello, Vance. This is Markham. Oh, yes? Have you got a man you thought might be a farmer? No, Markham. To tell you the truth, I haven't. I've been uh, working on another case. The most puzzling and intriguing circumstance I've ever encountered. I'm almost convinced I know a man 400 years old. Oh, Vance. I know how silly it sounds. It and certainly I said does. I, I said I was almost convinced, remember. That much is in my favor. <laughs> well, let me know how you make out. Oh, uh, I called to tell you we checked the clothes the murdered man was wearing. They were mail-order stuff, just as you thought. We're making a little progress on the case, but I wish you were working on it. I will be if you haven't solved it before I wind up this ridiculous situation I'm in. I'm beginning to dislike myself for not finding the fallacy in the claims of this man, John Bell. 
But I have an ace in the hole. What's that? My old history professor at college, Markham. He knows every date and practically every character who ever breathed between the Stone Age and now. My client, Mrs. Dorothy Wayne, and I are going to see him this afternoon. I hope he tells you something you can use. He'd better. Then, after I explode this John Bell individual, maybe I can get your killer for you. I hope to have your murderer at the end of a rope before I get to the end of mine. District Attorney Markham. The murder case the police were on has a relative unimportance to Philo Vance because he is faced with a man who insists he's 400 years old. This individual, John Bell, is trying to sell his secret to one of Vance's clients. And up until now, Vance has found no way of disputing the man's claim. The secret of John Bell, however, has remained protected despite Vance's efforts so far. And who he is, what he is, how old he actually is, are unknown to anybody. Vance and his client are at Vance's old university. This college was your alma mater, Vance? They're not bragging about it, Mrs. Wayne, but was. <laughs> no, I did an awful lot of studying in this room. It contains practically every reference book on ancient history ever published. When do you think we'll be able to see your ex-professor? I made an appointment for three o'clock. It's five after now. Oh. He'll be here. He's pretty old. Takes him a little time to get around. Vance, when you saw John Bell yesterday, wasn't there some way you could have tricked him? Believe me, Mrs. Wayne, I tried. He told me, for instance, that he attended the first performance of Shakespeare's Hamlet at the Globe Theater in London. Oh. Is that where it was given? Yes. Just to test him, I asked him who played the leading female role in Romeo and Juliet, the first performance of which he also claimed to have seen. And uh, did he know the lady's name? No, but he knew there were no ladies in the theater in those days. The females frowned on the stage until the following century. Oh. Mrs. Wayne, that man is... My apologies for being late. My sincere apologies for being late. No, don't get up, Vance. Of course I remember you. Now you sit still. And uh, this lady is... Professor uh... Claiborne, this is Mrs. Dorothy Wayne. Very pretty. Very pretty indeed. You've been well, Vance? You look well. I'm glad to see you, and glad to see that you remember your old university. <clears throat> now then, you must want something, or you wouldn't be here. Now, what is it? Speak up, speak up, young man. Well, Professor, in this library, there must be a book containing little-known facts about English history in the late 1500s and American history in the early 1600s. Yes? What book would I look at? What book? Well, any of several. Henderson's Early British Empire, Jackman's Elizabethan Era, Stone's Early American History, all accepted, authentic, factual, complete with names and dates. Where are you going? Just over to the shelf. I want to see the Jackson book. Oh. Elizabethan era, you said. That's right. Shelf A, fifth volume in. Three volumes in the set, printed in 1661. And how are you, Mrs. Wade? Oh, Professor Claiborne, you can be a big help to us, I'm sure. Well, that's what I'm here for. You find what you're looking for, Vance? I have the volume right here. Good. If we're lucky, I'll find what I'm looking for. Here, here. Put the book down on this table. It's too heavy to be carrying around. Uh, what are you looking for? The names of the men who served with Drake when he sailed against the Armada. Well, try uh, page 157 with footnotes. Thank that you. ought to give it to you. Ought to be a drawing of the deck of Drake's ship, too, with some of the crew members shown. Thanks. Professor, you have a wonderful memory. Well, a man has to have something good. With me, it's a memory. You find what you want, Vance? Yes, here's a list of the entire crew that served with Sir Francis Drake. But I don't see... Oh, brother. 
What yes. is it? Find yes. something? What is it? Take a look for yourself. Ninth name down mm-hmm. in charge of quarterdeck. Yes. Distinguished bravery during the encounter, Seaman John Bell. Bell. That's not all. Look at this drawing. Yes. The man in the striped shirt standing next to Drake. Well? Recognize him, Mrs. Wayne? Why? Why, it's John Bell. Wait a minute. Yes? John Bell? Yes. I'm Tony Falletti. I gotta talk to you. Step back. Wait, wait, what's the... Wait a minute. What, what's the That's meaning? That's a good boy. What's the meaning of this? Something such a hurry to find out. Hmm. Nice place you got here. What's that? Suit of armor? What else could it possibly be? You got something here, Bell, old boy. How about this battle axe on the wall? Where'd you get it? Are you going to tell me what you want here? Sure. Let's see. I'll start from the beginning. You knocked off a guy named Sammy Mead, a farmer from the Midwest. Go on. Let me tell you how I know so you won't think I'm bluffing. A friend of mine saw you meet the Sammy Mead on the street the other morning and heard you make an appointment with him for up here later that day. Well? So when you leave, Sammy, he talks to him. Finds out who he is and where he's from. Then I send him back to check on you some more. And he does. He sees you kill Sammy. And he finds out what kind of a swindle you're swinging. Now I'm here to cut myself in. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. You were... You were admiring this battle axe a moment ago. Let me show it. Don't try to get coy, Bell. Oh, I won't. I want to show you why I can get away with what I'm doing. You, uh, you elected yourself my partner. You're entitled to know what's going on. That makes sense. Uh, only I got a little friend in my pocket that's going to keep its eye on you. An automatic friend. You'll never get it out of your pocket. Oh, no, one sock doesn't. That's all true. A little tougher than you think, Bell. I'm getting up. This time you're going down. Oh, no. You see, I have a friend, too. This battle axe. Now, look, Vance, there's been a second murder, and we aren't close to the solution of the first yet. I know, Markham. And in that situation, you have company. I'm not even close to a reasonable explanation of John Bell, either. But tell me about this second murder. Well, the victim we know. His name was Tony something or other. He had a dozen aliases. Last one he used was Paletti. We found him in another vacant lot way out in the suburbs, and he was killed by an axe. Only the coroner says it wasn't an ordinary axe. Oh? What kind was it? We don't have the murder weapon, of course, but according to my information, it was a very unusual sort of axe, quite long, we believe, with a curved blade. I see. The axe that was actually used is probably at the bottom of the ocean by now. But, Markham, there is just the possibility that the case you're working on and mine are alive. Really? How do we find out? You mean, how do we find your murderer? Yes, of course. We advertise for him. (laughs) Stop joking, man. I'm not. Not at all. You're not? Of course, the murderer won't answer my ad, but somebody who might lead me to him will. waving copies of your ad in the newspaper. How many are you going to see? I've interviewed nine already without any result. Well, send the next one in, please. Yes, sir. 
Okay, Mr. Vance will take you now. Thank you, thank you very much. Sit down, please. Thank you, thank you very much. I understand you're here because you sell antiques and you have a collection of early English armor and weapons. Yes, sir, thank you. Your ad says you were interested in some. Believe me, sir, mine are the best in town. Well, first I want to know if you sold something in the last day or so. I sold a lot of things. I'm in a battle axe. A two-headed battle axe with a curved blade about seven inches long and a carved handle. Yes, I did. I, I sold one this morning. Genuine antique it was, too. Sold it to a man named... Let me see now. You've got he... to remember who it was. Well, come to think of it, he didn't give me a name. Hmm. Tall man, slim, black mustache, very distinguished looking. Oh, thank you very much. That's him. That's the one. Thank you very much. You may not have known his name, but you told me who he was just the same. Well, Vance, it's nice to have you back here. Thank you. I understand your client, Mrs. Wayne, instructed you to either prove I was phony by the night, or she was willing to accept my offer to preserve her age at 31 forever. Yes, that's so, Bell. Say, isn't that a different battle axe on that wall over there? Different? How do you mean, different? It isn't the same one that was on the wall the last time I was here. You're mistaken, Vance. Am I? Yes. I think not. But it'll be pretty easy to tell. When I was here before, I left a little scratch on the handle with my thumbnail. Mind if I look at that one on the wall? Not at all. I get it for you. You know, Vance, I rather liked your being called in by Mrs. Wayne. I want no better testimonial to my authenticity to influence my other prospects. And your verification. Here's the axe. Thank you. Now, I left a little scratch just above. There it is, all right. Of course it is. If you left it there, it's still there. That's the point, Mr. Bell. I left no scratch on the axe. You just duplicated with your fingernail a scratch you thought I made because you knew this was not the same axe. You're very clever, Vance. I didn't think so up till now. You used the other axe to kill Tony Folletti. And Why? Because he knew you were a pony the same as I do. And I can prove it the same way that he could. Well, his friend came to see you too, Evans. Well, what you know won't do you a bit of good. Because I'm going... Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> well, that settles you, Mr. Bell. All 400 years of you. be good, Vance. This is the one explanation I haven't any clue to. Markham, listen. Suppose you were browsing through an old history book and came upon a picture of a man in the 16th century that looked like you. What would you do? <laughs> Nothing except pity the poor fellow. <laughs> Seriously. You'd just notice the coincidence, be interested for a while, and then forget it. But not the man we knew as John Bell. He saw the old print in the history book, saw the man standing next to Sir Francis Drake on Drake's flagship, and knew he was the image of that man. How about the name John Bell? He did some research. He found, as I did later, that there was a man named John Bell who served with Drake. He was very thorough, though. He got all the names of the men who fought with the English commander and then went through the Revolutionary War records. Until he found a duplicate name. Right. He found the name John Bell in both places. Now, that's not too coincidental, Markham. It's a very ordinary name. It was even more ordinary in those days. 
So now Bell was almost ready for his great fraud. He must have spent months studying every detail of early English in American history. Probably, but he had excellent incentive. A half million dollars that he knew five women would gladly pay him if he could show them how to live to be 400. The beautiful part of his racket, of course, was that as soon as he collected, he'd vanish. And there'd be no finding him when one of his victims noticed herself going older. It was a very well-thought-out stunt, believe me. Bell's first bad break was meeting Sammy Mead, his first murder victim, Markham. The one whose body you found in the vacant lot. Why did he kill Sammy Mead? Simple. Mead knew John Bell back when. Knew where he came from, how old he was, and everything else. Oh. Bell had to kill him. But in killing Mead, Bell got Tony Folletti on his trail. And Tony's friend Pete, whom you found after Tony's death. Whom I found and who talked. But remember, Markham, that that was after I reasoned out that if Bell had used a battle axe from his wall to kill Folletti, he'd buy another one immediately so that he could dispose of the murder weapon which might possibly incriminate him. Well, you broke the case all right, Vance. Then I knew you would, you know. Thanks. There was a time during the case when I wished I knew it. Well, Markham, let's close up shop. It's the end of the day, you know. The end of the day and the end of the deathless murder case. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.